Thank you for joining us for another episode of That's All Life, the podcast for PR pros and marketers who work for themselves. I am Michelle Kane, and my company is Voice Matters, and I am here as ever and always with my, and you'll get this reference very soon, my partner in the foxhole, Karen Swim of Solo PR Pro. How are you today, Karen? <laughs> Oh, hi, Michelle. I'm doing good. You know, it is one of those days. And I think that most of our listeners can relate on the days mm-hmm. that you just can't seem to get all of the the oars rowing in the same direction. And, uh, you know, it's one of those days for both of us. <laughs> yes. Yeah, as it happens. Yeah. So if you are listening to us on the podcast, and you hear any strange noises like cars driving by or whatnot, I am broadcasting from my front porch due to internal technical difficulties you're probably like what anyway so excuse any birds chirping or things like that and just yeah I think our days both just didn't our mornings didn't quite go as we had artfully planned them <laughs> exactly exactly which is okay which is okay you know and but it can be stressful but not as stressful as a certain twitter thread that was going around comparing PR pros to combat troops <laughs> yeah that was a little that was a little unfortunate. Yeah. A little unfortunate. Yeah. We were, we've been discussing it in our solo PR pro group and just kind of like, yeah, we're stressful, but no one's like throwing a hand grenade at us. You know, literally it may feel that way sometimes situationally, but no, no, the, the Jonathan Swift chip was missing from this certain thread. And I for, even forget. I mean, not to ostracize the person, but um, it was a thread that was brought to light on Twitter, you know, just trying to Yeah, so another PR pro um, brought this to light, and it was, I I believe it was a career cast study. Um, It's actually like their jobs rated report. And so the, the person who tweeted the thread is Ed Zitron. And Ed, I'm so sorry if I'm pronouncing your last name correctly, but he is not the one who made the reference. No, no. <laughs> that called out the reference as um, ridiculous, really inaccurate. And so, you know, we don't want to go into the ins and outs of the thread, but we do know that our jobs are stressful. They, they yes. definitely are. But so are many jobs in corporate America and many jobs out of corporate America. And, you know, as a profession, what I found even more interesting were some of the comments to the thread that Mm. talk about PR being out of touch and irrelevant. And that's because, you know, and this will segue into our real topic of the day. It's because I feel like as an industry, not as individuals, as an industry, we do a pretty bad job of explaining to the world and, and even our clients, our true value mm. and what public relations really means to an organization. So mm. we have been saddled with these myths for years. So if right. we are seen as the people who, quote unquote, get media and everyone is seeing how it's just as easy to create your own media, I understand how an external perception can say, what do you need a PR person for? You can do all this on your own. Mm-hmm. What's missing from that larger conversation is the level of strategy and consistency and all of the underlying things that we impact in an organization with a strong external communications program or even an internal communications program. So they miss right. how we do crisis planning proactively 
they miss how the consistent messaging really helps to not only talk about you externally, but ensures that you don't have gaps internally. There's just so many more things that we do. We have such a deeper role. And it, you know, I I take ownership of it too, because I'm a member Mm -hmm. of this profession. And so rather than tell people, you know, get angry at people who don't see us as valuable, I think that we need to own that and say, you know what? we're not doing a good job of talking about what we really do. Right. And in some instances, we're getting bullied around by clients into hanging our hat on media clips. So mm-hmm. it's really time to take a step back. And yeah. that note, <laughs> so we're <laughs> to our real topic of the reason why so many people see us as interchangeable cogs in a wheel. <laughs> It's so true. And I think I, I loved what you said there about, you know, not telling, basically not telling our story as often and as, you know, as well as we should. And it could be just because ugh, we do that all day for other people. Well, too bad. We have to get better at it. We have to get used to it. And, you know, because it, it does frustrate us when we, you know, you can even be sitting at a table and thinking, you know, they'll discuss, oh, if we could only do this. It's like, I'm right here. Like, that's what I do. Did I not assert myself enough? Well, maybe not. I don't know. You know, but I think it it makes sense to take a healthy look at that to determine, you know, to really shore up our own um, presentation of ourselves and our profession is key. I totally agree. And, you know, Let's take that advice and and bring it down to a practical level for solo PR pros. One of the reasons it's so important for us to not only advocate externally for our profession is, but we need to be able to articulate what we do and the value of what we do. And we do that in client engagements, um, and we we should be doing it. We should be doing a better job of it in client engagements. So it's more than doing reports on our activities because those are outputs. They're not outcomes. We really, really have to do a better job of tying the work that we do to internal impacts on revenues, on, you know, lead generation, on things that are really important to the overall organization. Right. I think we've been singing the song for many, many years, and all of us, myself included, are guilty of sometimes getting so carried away with the work and buried, you're buried and you're, you know, running and running and running and you're not telling the right story with metrics. Mm -hmm. You start to slide on reporting on those things. And then one day a new CMO is hired or a new PR director or VP of PR. And Mm -hmm. suddenly your account's in jeopardy. Mm -hmm. And, and and this is for large agencies too. I'm going to say that almost, I, I want to say 100% of the time, because some people say this happens every single time, but let's go with 85% of the time right. when a new person comes in and they're in charge of PR, your account's in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. You're going to be gone. And it doesn't even necessarily have to do with the work that you've been doing. But, you know, often the new CMO has already worked with a PR team. They have their preferences. They want a, a well-oiled machine, and they're mm-hmm. just going to get rid of 
you. I just had this personally happen to me on an account where a new CMO was hired, never even got to meet the CMO, cannot tell you if it's male or female, know nothing about the person because Mm -hmm. we were fired before they ever started because they were bringing in their own team. That's fine. I don't take that kind of stuff personally. It's okay. However, so even though a new contact comes in, and they may already have made a decision that they're going to bring in a team of people that they've worked with before. If you've been telling a great story about the work that you're doing and your value and your metrics, you have a great solid foundation to stand on. When that new person starts, you can give them a packet of materials that includes numbers, results. But here's where it even gets more interesting. If you are smart enough to on an ongoing basis, market yourself with those case studies and with those metrics, you have a story to tell your prospects. You're strengthening what you do in business development. Do you not think that you'll stand out from the PR pack as somebody that delivers results that people actually care about rather than what media you can get? And I'm not saying that earned media is not important. We all know that it is part of what we do, but it is not all that we do. No, no. And we know, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Michelle. No, I was just saying, you know, we know that the role of public relations has been changing into more of an integrated approach, you know, over time. So that's not entirely new to us, at least not to most of us. You know, we know earned hits are harder and harder to get. Newsrooms are shrinking. You know, newsrooms have certain needs that not all of our clients, you know, once might've been an easy get, not anymore. So, you know, with that integrated approach comes the need for the metrics. And we've talked about that, you know, in previous podcasts and previous discussions of, you know, start with the end desire in mind. What are you going to measure for and work backwards to map your way to that? And I love what you said about having the case studies and the metrics to show because, right, it's it's two sides to this story, right? All right, I'm closing this door, but oof, look at what I can show the world and my next client or two of what I can do based on what I did, you know, because it's, it's so true. You know, when, if, if a new leader comes in, yeah, they're going to want the people that they're comfortable working with. It's really, you know, and one thing I'd like to stress is as hard as it is not to take it personally, it's natural to have a little time of mourning because I think, I think because we are in a creative business, we put ourselves into it whether we want to admit it or not, or whether we even want to or not, you you do, you do, you're, you get invested. So, you know, take a little time to mourn that and, and get past that. Um, but please know it, it has nothing to do with your actual worth as a professional. It's, it doesn't, you know, but, but I want us all to take greater accountability for owning mm. that word and demonstrating it, be able yes. to articulate that over and over and over again. So mm-hmm. let me, Let me give you a typical scenario. New point of contact starts. Day one, they come in, you have your first meeting, you're, you know, upbeat and optimistic because you've been killing it for this client. You've been getting great results. What's the first thing they say to you? So what media are you working on? Okay, I'd like (laughs) to see your pitches. And um, can I see your media list? Those things are not the measure of all that you do. How about your comeback is, Sure, we have a packet all ready to go for you because here's a hint. If there's a new person coming in, start gathering this information in advance. We have a packet all ready to go to you. But what I'd really like to share with you are the metrics for this Mm -hmm. past quarter, 
this past six months, over the past year. I promise you that being prepared at least puts you in a better position and it sort of moves the goalpost away from just talking about the media hits. Mm-hmm. When you're able to show how your um, actions produced you know, an increase in lead generation, when you're able to show and tie it to very specific goals from the company, and you're able to do that because you define success with the client and you continue to define success with the client. Because remember, you don't just do the onboarding. You really should check in no less than monthly on, hey, here are the goals that we have for the quarter. Do these still work? Um, mm-hmm. my own work, we like to do quarterly goals mm-hmm. because there's a lot of change that can happen in the company from year to year. And then we sort of check in monthly. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have these hard and fast facts and metrics, it does make someone stop and really see you as the professional that you are. And it gives them something to look at. So even if they are going to bring in on their own team, you have just set yourself up as somebody who really gets the job done. Mm-hmm. I would hold my head up high. I would say we've done great work and we've enjoyed working with you. And while we understand yes. the change, we love a referral from you. Would you be willing to make a recommendation? And also you're planning to see that uplifts the entire profession beyond just earn media. Because even that firm that comes in after you, and it's always a firm. It's it's never another solo. It's always an agency. <laughs> after you, do you not think that you've made an impression by showing metrics that now that CMO, that PR director, that PR VP is going to be looking at the work that they do a little bit right. different? Right. And so, and you never know. Um, I've had lots of accounts where we've parted ways very amicably. Mm-hmm. I've kept the relationship going for years, never asked for the business back, but right. the business comes back a year mm-hmm. or two later, it comes five years later. And so mm-hmm. <clears throat> you want to do all that you can, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> to set yourself up for future success. No, that's that's 100% true. You definitely want to leave on a high note, no matter what. I mean, there's always the small percentage of instances where things might go south, but still, you know, keep it as clean and professional as possible just because you do never know if they're going to come back, you know, and, and there's always, there's always an opportunity in everything I like to think, you know, even if it doesn't feel good at the time, but I think we all well know that it is part of our business, you know, no client relationship lasts forever. It's just the natural course of things. It absolutely is. And, you know, so if you're facing a contact change, Start to because you usually know about it before it happens. You know you can sense it. Working for something, start to prepare documentation. Even if you mm-hmm. have not been doing any of this, start to right. do it now and start to build. You know this file. Let whoever you're dealing with now know. You know, hey, when the new person starts, you know we're really looking forward to setting up that first meeting and you know working with them. And when you have that kickoff meeting, you know before it happens, because you're already ready, go ahead and send the packet off in advance. You know, mm-hmm. you know, welcome aboard. We're looking forward to working with you. Here's some information that we pulled together so that you can get up to speed quickly about what we're, what we've been doing. And so give them that welcome packet. 
And make sure that you, you know, out of the gate, you're asking, you know, what are the, some of the things that you're looking to achieve in this first quarter, in the first six months, in the first year? Let us know how you see us being able to help you achieve that success. You may need to reset your metrics and say that to them. Say, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that we really do is that we like to um, define success in a meaningful way to you. And so we want to track the metrics that are really important to the goals that you really have. So we're really interested in hearing from you. Be a partner. Let them know that you're there to help them succeed in their new role. Um, Let them know that you understand coming into a company, even with lots of experience, we know that you're going to be overwhelmed. Let us know how we can help you. We're happy to do the heavy lifting for you. And again, that person may have made up their mind before they ever met you, but sometimes these situations can be turned around. And so you want to yeah. be ahead of it. Be proactive about going into, you know, the mode of treating this account from the moment that you learn that there's going to be a new person. Treat it like it's in jeopardy and make sure that you are ahead of it, that you're one step ahead. And it goes without saying, keep that business development engine running at all times because if somebody leaves, you can swap somebody in without a loss to your income. But I think right. the hardest part for all of us is feeling like you've been blindsided when a new contact is coming and and sort of in the back, because I think, you know, in the back of your mind or in your gut, you're like, oh, new contact. There's a possibility that we could lose this business, but you don't really do anything about it. You just are kind of hoping that you'll be able to make a good impression and that, you know, you've done good work and that they'll see that you've done good work and hoping that it all ends well. And then it doesn't. And then you feel like somebody sucker punched you. We don't ever Mm -hmm. want you to feel that. We don't ever want you to be caught off guard or feel blindsided. We want you to remain in control because this is your business. And not to say that, I mean, I I, mourn if you need to. But it's okay. <laughs> I told this phrase from my pastor, and it's served me well over the years. He says that, you know, he once said to me, you know, my job as a pastor is to just drive the bus. People are going to get on and people are going to get off. And I don't get too stressed out about that. And I took that to heart because that bus analogy really helped me to understand that the relationships with clients could could last way longer than the business. And in my case, that really has been true. So I focus on those relationships, but I really don't get emotional anymore and chalk it up to maybe the pandemic. But I honestly, like clients come and clients go. Those those mm-hmm. client relationships, they come and they go. It's not a big deal. And so I've learned to just go, okay, well, somebody got off at this stop. So keep driving. Somebody will get on at the next stop and not personalize it. It's not me. And it doesn't, right. and it's not them. It doesn't make them a bad client. I'm not angry when it happens. I'm not even upset about it. I'm actually like, this is how business works. It's just right. business. People get on and people get off. So I hope you all can get to a point where you're no longer emotional about it as well. And you can just say, next stop. <laughs> yeah. I think, and I think that comes with time for sure. Because I know I feel differently 11 or so years in than I would have my first or second year. You know, maybe because, you know, the stakes are always high. It's your living. But, you know, I I think that does come with time and just having lived through those seasons for sure. 
Um, mm-hmm. But I love that bus analogy. That is just perfect. So isn't it great? Oh, it's just ideal. And you know what, everyone, we want to thank you for riding our bus today, <laughs> the Solo PR Pro Bus. And um, we hope you subscribe to this podcast and share it around. If you found it of value to you, please do check out Solo PR Pro. It is a wonderful group of fellow professionals who, you know, we learn from each other, we help each other out. And it's just, you know, especially, you know, as solos, we sit at our desks all day and talk to ourselves thinking, am I any good? I don't know what's happening. So, you know, come join us. And until next time, thank you for joining us for That Solo Life.